Meanwhile, at the luxurious recording facilities at What's On Joe Mind. When I started in radio in 97, there was a one-hour fantasy baseball show on from like 7 to 8, Monday through Friday. And we laughed. Here come the fantasy nerds. Yeah. Way ahead of the game. I mean, they're still nerds. Well, yeah, but I like that we're looking down our noses at the fantasy baseball people as we prepare our G.I. Joe podcast. That's right. And summoning up our best nerds. everybody welcome to what's on joe mind number 115 that's right 115 on the episode counter if you're keeping score at home my name is mike irizari your occasionally cordial host with me tonight of course the drinking and sewing joe colton hello everybody so joe uh, i've outlined your evening yes it's nice to know that your recording time makes such a big difference on your schedule it does i i have a specific glass i use when i podcast with you the, the big one, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. It's the one that Sarah made for me. Oh, the, for, so the giant the, aquarium goblet. Yes, because there's no joke on anymore, so I have to I have to use it at some point, and that I mean, has to be your podcast. My podcast? Our podcast. Oh, yes. Did I say your podcast? You did. Our podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Our other co-host, Carson... Is AWOL again. He's got to make them dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah. That's, that's how life goes sometimes. So in his place, we have brought back a popular co-host from months past with us again, Mr. Mark Weber. Uh, who apparently doesn't have to make that dollar dollar. No. We were able to negotiate, a, I think, a reasonable salary, and I am pleased to be on the show. <laughs> For anybody keeping score at home, he is a freelancer so he, he's he's got to take it when they give it to him so i, I certainly phrasing yeah yeah he's he's a freelancer but i am free so <laughs> i was just thinking that we all kind of have to take it when it's given to us but that, that goes without saying. <laughs> amen going downhill already amen <laughs> yo That brings us to Roll Call, which is the part of the show where we tell everybody where we've been and what we're going. And Joe Colton, you've uh, you've been out on the road a little bit the last couple weeks. Uh, where were you? Was it last weekend or the weekend before? I'm losing track of my days. Last weekend, I was at Awesome Con, and then I drove to New Jersey for Magic the Gathering, uh, another con, and then drove back that same day on Sunday and then was on a plane to Memphis on Monday back on Thursday. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) So so clearly you went insane. Tell us about Awesome Con. It was really good. The crowd was, was very good, but you could breathe. So they had arranged it uh, differently this year. There was new owners, so they rearranged how the con was set up. And there was more space to walk. Uh, but the flow was a little bit different. It was a little congested in, in areas that I wouldn't have thought. But 
I didn't pick up anything there. I did get, oh, there was also Free Comic Book Day somewhere in there. I did get a couple things at Free Comic Book Day, other than comics. And, oh, I did pick up a lightsaber, a purple lightsaber at uh, Awesome Con. So There you go. Yeah. I mean, what we got in is at the end of the show, but sure, you go ahead. You rewrite the format. I don't spend weeks going <laughs> out of format or I'm anything. I'm not going to say anything else. No, it was good. Uh, lots of costumers or cosplayers, lots of... I think all of the the cast of Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine was there. So, yeah, it was good. What you've not told us so far is where does Awesome Con take place? Oh, uh, Washington, D.C. at the Walter E. Convention Center downtown. So that's a home game for you. Yeah, it is. All right, that's cool, though. Look, something had to be. You can't be on the road <laughs> the entire time. I'm so exhausted from traveling. And in the wine as a result. Yes. Mark Weber, you do anything interesting lately? I pretty much just bounce between uh, my kids' soccer games, so that's always exciting. See, oh, my son played a soccer game on a field, a football field, so it had 8 billion lines on it. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, I heard his sweeper yell at him, Derek, get on the line! And Derek raised his hands to the heaven and said, What line? <laughs> Which I thought was... Pretty good for a 12-year-old. Yeah, that's... Can you narrow that down? Right. Could you be a little more specific, please? I bounce back and forth between running my kids around right now, and I'm the oldest MBA student at the University of Rhode Island. We just wrapped up our spring semester, so I'm halfway done. So Nice. Congratulations. And no, no offense to the professor, who was great, but if I never see another accounting class again... It'll be way too soon. Mm. So much props to all our accounting friends out there for choosing to do for a living what made me want to hang myself one night a week for three months. My uncle was an accountant. Oh, man. And he hated it. Oh, I'm not bad at like concrete math. Like I can crunch numbers pretty fast. So I thought, you know, I had a marketer's chance in this class. But man, accounting is so many little rules that you have to apply in order or the whole thing is wrecked mm. and very little of it builds on what you just learned. It was ridiculous. So I'm uh, happily done with the spring semester and uh, on to summer in two weeks. Awesome. It's like Albert Einstein said that compound interest is the most dominant force in the universe. There we go. Right. Al knew what he was talking about. Any, anything fun for free comic day? I, no, I didn't, I didn't even actually make it out to Free Comic Day. Get out. I was, just, I was, I'm a soccer mom. No. That's, you know, the kids both played Iron Man games, played every minute. It was great to watch. You know, they're doing well. If I get my homework done and I get the kids to soccer, I'm good. <laughs> I, you know, are I you one of those soccer moms that yells? Like, are you like off halfway on the field? <laughs> I, I'm the get off the shed dad. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. They're generally pretty good out here. Although my son's playing for a different team this spring and it has a, a very strong uh, Hispanic segment on it. So he hasn't played on a team with this many Hispanic families on it. And I, I know that because of the last names, but also the first game we were at, there was a big crowd. Like, you know, this is 12-year-old soccer. Like 20 people is a huge crowd. But this was a weekend game in an actual nice stadium with some seating. So there was a big amount of people there cheering for our squad. Derek subbed in on defense. And someone tried to 
shoot a pass, a through ball to a running wing, and Derek stabbed it with his foot. wasn't even going to his guy, but he intercepted it. And this whole crowd of like 50 people went nuts, like a big cheer. <laughs> and he'd never heard a cheer like that before. Right. And, you know, he's got 12 people in his games usually. So he makes this nice stab of a pass and then he makes an outlet pass right to the opposing team. He gives it right back. And the same 50 people that just cheered him all went, (laughs) and if you're 12 years old and on a new team and you've never been booed before in your life, it, the look on his face was uh, priceless. It's like he didn't know how to process that. He'd never been, never been, uh, you know, booed live before. So, anyway, tell him to get into podcasting. You're right. T- tough crowd, but fair crowd. And he was like, "Dad, they booed me." <laughs> and I gave him a hug, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, you gave the ball away in your own third. What are you doing?" It's like hockey. Never, never try to cross the field in front of your own goal. That's it. Don't cross the goal. Go up the sides. Nice and easy. So he, he, for the first time, he is, he had an experience with the proper level of appreciation for his skills. Yeah, I, exactly. Love love and hate. That's yeah. sports for you. There you go. Puts hair on his chest. Well, we hope. Well, he's 12, so he's got some time. Yeah, you know. Worked for Joel Colton when she played high school football. I did. <laughs> Speaking of Joe Colton. Yes. It's time for your segment. <gasps> the segment that's sweeping the nation. <coughs> Easily the most popular segment on the show amongst our hosts. <laughs> I doubt that. Amongst our hosts, yes. Because I I know for a fact Carson enjoys these as well. Mark? This is always my favorite. Th- there you go. <laughs> Joe Colton presents Creepy Fanboy Messages. Straight from Loser Town. Uh, all right. We got time for one so, this week. Give us a good one. Pick us a winner. So I got a PM on Instagram. Usually I get weird things on Instagram. I don't get them on Facebook. I had, I guess, one of the, the demon posts uh, that I had made. I had a PM sent to me said, you're the demon I would like to worship. Can I worship you? I'll do anything on my knees for you. Mm. Yes. You. Yeah, I didn't really answer that one at all. I would say, you know, I have a little less experience in this than you do probably, but is it possible you could get back to that guy and make him do some light cleaning? <laughs> I could probably, but do you really want that guy in your house? Yeah, that's a good point. Ugh. I guess it depends on how nasty the shower is, right? Right. There you go. Worship that shower with some scrubbing bubbles. Brushes under the sink. There you go. (laughs) We'll be back at four and you won't be here. None of my underwear would be in the house. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, That's true. Or Wes's. One of the two. It could be, you know, hey, might just be if, if you go through the trouble of taking yours, it may just turn into, well, whatever's here is here. Yeah. Now, from from what I've picked up about the cosplay world, there's some some cattiness that goes on. Is it yeah. possible you could send this guy to somebody else's house? I've not done that exactly, but <laughs> there 
Exactly. There was a guy. <laughs> can I can I say it or? But you, you have if to, you have a right? story to tell, you need to tell that story. Okay, so a few years ago when I was single, a gentleman that Maggie and I used to run into at Dragon Con had asked to come visit. And I didn't really know him. And I was like, yeah, sure, if you're in town, sure, we'll all get together. And so Maggie was baking cookies, her Christmas cookies that we she sends out to people. And so we agreed, because he didn't want to go out, he, he wanted to visit. We're gonna, you're gonna visit Maggie's house. But I was convinced that he was after Maggie. And she was like, you're insane. But he showed up and decorated cookies with us. But, he never, like, we never told him where I lived. Right. <laughs> so, then he wouldn't leave the next day. It was very strange. I think that was well played. He probably was like, you know what, I'm not that far. I can drive over. And you're like, oh, where do you live? Denver? He's actually a wanderer. He had a business in, in California, and then he, he flew to Vermont and bought a motorcycle and was was living on the road. I'm a wanderer. And I was like, yeah, I'm not into that life. All of a sudden, my soccer mom life sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> or the right kind of not exciting. Right. I'm fine. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I got bed bugs from all fifty states, baby. <laughs> right. So, Can I so his, visit you? his five-year plan was to walk the earth like Kane and Kung Fu. Yes, pretty much. All right. And Maggie let that one get away. Yes, yeah, she did. She was like, "Yeah, that's he's here for you." And I was like, "No, he he came to your house." And she's like, "Right," because you didn't want to tell him where you live. I said, "But he stayed and decorated cookies." I don't know how that guy didn't have diabetes after he was literally eating raw cookie dough and and homemade frosting. Okay. It's very weird. Get away with it while you can. Right. I guess. My money's that on uh, on Maggie turning the hose on him the next day. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why we like Maggie. Yeah. We have to find her a nice boy. Somebody who doesn't get the hose turned on him. <laughs> Somebody with an address. Right. <laughs> At least a post office box, right? Yeah. Right. At least get halfway there. <laughs> we want an address and a state ID card, minimum. We should do like a dating episode where we like interview people for Maggie. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> This is the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Interview a lot of the G.I. Joe community guys. Oh, plan B, you're up. No, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> if you're doing a game show, you got to have the obvious loser. Will he wear the same shirt he's been wearing? Most for likely. All the we, will, we will probably be able to smell him from our various parts of America, yes. There's a great sign going around, a meme on Facebook that goes, if you can afford convention tickets you can afford deodorant yes yes i've seen that i have a friend who walks around with febreze and just sprays them <laughs> that's nice you can still be a fan of blank and still and be a fan of deodorant <laughs> <laughs> you're not all beachhead <laughs> yeah <laughs> see, see what i did there but i got a feeling that guy showers you think he showers i'm sure i'm sure he does he, you think he just has one shirt 
but showers. Oh, I, t- I was talking about Beachhead. Oh. Beachhead doesn't shower. I'm sure he does. That guy showers, but then he gets out a special cologne called Funk and sprays a little bit here, a little bit there. And then rolls around in the mud. It's got, That's it. It's got umlauts <laughs> over the U. It's funk. <laughs> I'd buy that. <laughs> For real. For a dollar. I might even go up to 195. Now we're talking. Or you can get it from the club store for that too, that too sharp. Well, I mean, start the starting price would be seventy dollars. We'd be down twenty percent at this point. <laughs> uh, you do the math. You do the math. That's a cheap shot. Yeah, it was a little bit. Hey, or it could be like two seventy-five with a twenty percent discount. That's that Kohl's marketing right there. <laughs> How is everything at Kohl's fifty percent off? They must be losing money left and right. Put a tag on it, it'll sell. There you go. I like the people at Walmart who climb up the displays to try to roll back the prices more. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's gonna work. <laughs> like that totally works. You know, they, they don't have a big computer database that Right. You know. No. Why are they scanning that UPC? I don't get it. No, I swear back in the aisle it said this radio was four ninety nine. We have some footage to show you in the back, ma'am. <laughs> Anyhow, that is Joe Colton Presents Creepy Fanboy Messages Straight from Loser Town. Joe Colton, you feel good about that one? Yeah. All right. It was a short one. There was no back and forth, but yeah, I feel good. It's all right. Remember, we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. If you find your letter in that segment, you need to make some choices. <laughs> and you need to make some changes. We'd like to take a moment to thank our fine sponsors, AVAX Lab. For high-quality custom heads, weapons, vehicles, and parts for your G.I. Joe figures, head to AVAXLab.com. It's a great place to get a little head. Roma Collectibles, the official Vagabond Hobo retailer of What's on Joe Mind. Check out RomaCollectibles.com for their convention schedule. Roma Collectibles is an official retailer for Boss Fight Studio. The Finest. The Finest is the largest G.I. Joe cosplay organization in the U.S. and is regularly represented by our own Joe Colton. The Finest has raised over $70,000 for various military assistance organizations. Find out more and pick up some G.I. Joe cosplay tips and guidelines at thefinestcc.com. 3djoes.com, the online home of our own Carson Metaxas, 3djoes.com offers an in-depth look at G.I. Joe from 1982 to 1994. Check out figures, artwork, books, and more at 3djoes.com. All the cool stuff. The official brick-and-mortar retailer of What's on Joe Mind in the UK. All the cool stuff has a huge selection of G.I. Joe, Action Force, Transformers, Lego, and more. Check them out in Fordingbridge or at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. Kokomo Toys. The official brick-and-mortar retailer of What's on Joe Mind in the U.S. Kokomo Toys is your source for G.I. Joe, Funko Pops, Marvel Legends, Boss Fight Studio, and more. Visit their megastore in Kokomo, Indiana, one hour north of Indianapolis, and online at kokomotoys.com. That brings us to the news. I thought Mark was going to do it. Mm. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, no, Mark, Mark, did, Mark and Fred didn't do the news back in December last year. They, or they didn't do the little news noises. Oh, that's that's okay. kind of a you and Carson thing. Okay, try again. That brings us to the news. Do, 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 do. 
All right, I guess that'll that'll have to do. Yeah, I'm not going for a third take on it. <laughs> First news item: the Snake Eyes movie is delayed. In a brief interview with SlashFilm.com, producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura stated that production on Snake Eyes would quote probably start late summer, early fall, as opposed to the early claims that it would start in spring of 2019. He also claimed to be looking forward to telling the Snake Eyes origin story before discussing other projects in an interview on SlashFilm.com. We were talking about this a little bit pre-show, and frankly, for all of the clatter and the noise that went on about this news item when it came out, and this is, granted, kind of old news at this point, a couple of months' wait in Hollywood terms is just par for the course. Can everybody just chill out? Mark Weber, your thoughts? This one's always going to be a bit of a raw wound for me, uh, given that September 2014, the, the pitch was, Webb, we want you to come work on G.I. Joe. The new movie's coming out summer 2016. And I thought, wow, great opportunity. And then the delays and the delays and the delays and the delays. And so I don't know if there's a more jaded guy in the world than uh, yours truly uh, hearing about a delay to the third G.I. Joe film. So if if uh, alarm bells didn't go off in your head when you hear probably start late summer, early fall, that, uh, you know, let me let me run that through Google Translate to real English. And that means maybe next year. So this has never felt like it was a priority for Paramount and nothing I've heard in the last two to three years has made me feel any differently about it. So there's there's I'll be your ray of sunshine. Well, I mean, that's consistent, though. I, I think anytime you have something going on with merchandise or rather with franchise properties it's always kind of incumbent on the franchise owner to be the engine so to speak you know they're the ones who have to push for it they're the ones that have to continually fight to get things done and we've seen what a priority gi joe is for hasbro right now so there's no impetus on this it's i i'll i'll take de bonaventura on his word at this point it's i don't think he's trying to be intentionally misleading or anything like that. No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't mean it that way. I just mean if it was set, if he knew when it was going to be, he wouldn't say probably start late summer, early fall. That's, that's him not being able to commit to something because it isn't set. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about the words he uses, yeah, not what he's saying. Exactly. If it was set and he couldn't tell us, he would say, "Oh, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of moving parts, but we're really excited about this project, and I can't wait to tell you more." I mean, it's Lorenzo Dubonvatore. He's it's not his first rodeo, but probably start late summer, early fall. Like that's Hollywood speak, basically, right? Yeah. That's, it's it's not nailed down yet, but I don't want to squash your enthusiasm, right? Yeah, we. I mean, there's so many questions that we don't have an answer to still. Like, ordinarily, aren't movies at least, don't we at least know who our stars are by this point? They're talking right. about, like, none of that has happened. So the fact that this came out of the producer's mouth is, it's it's not news. And again, not to, not to be the, you know, the villain here. There are worse fates, right? The worst thing you could hear is that they're rushing ahead with it. Things are, things are fine and they're going to hustle it out for next summer. 
you know, G.I. Joe is, they need this third film to be a hit. So, and all Joe fans should want this next film to be a big, big financial hit. Whether or not it serves the fan community perfectly, it really, really has to make money to get the brand, you know, back in, in the good graces, basically. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of good movies that couldn't draw dollar one that nobody's ever seen. Right, and there's also, there's great movies, there's great Marvel movies that don't sell product, right? Mm-hmm. You, think, you think Black Panther sold a lot of toys? And not, be, and not because of the kind of movie it was, just you had a hero and a villain who looked almost exactly alike. And almost no vehicles to speak of. So put together a Black Panther toy line based on the movie. What's that look like? I think it was two waves of Marvel Legends. Mostly. Yeah, like yeah. to the diehards, and that's great. But the diehards are going to buy regardless, yeah. right? Who are you selling in, you know, to the eight, nine-year-old kid who would just as soon be on his iPad? That's the guys they got to get, and even younger. So they're taking their time with the the Joe movie to get it right, then they're doing the right thing. But it's impossible to judge when we don't know why the delays have been happening for so long. See, they missed an opportunity back. You're talking about Marvel movies. They missed an opportunity back with Ant-Man to give us the 20-foot-tall Thomas the Tank Engine. The toy line (laughs) sold itself. Yeah, that's uh, put that right next to Jabba's sail barge, right? That's right. Good. It's a USS flag for the preschool set <laughs> that they can ride around with or chase their chase their siblings with, push it around the house. That's right. Could drive. <laughs> Welcome to Sodor, bitch. <laughs> put those little put those little pedals on the bottom like all those cars have, and just <laughs> motor some giant train around at half a mile an hour. It's oh, vehicular yeah. manslaughter, but in your home. <laughs> Oh, crap, Billy's got the downhill. <laughs> Next news item. <laughs> Next news item is all about G.I. Joe 3 rumors. And again, for some reason, these made the run through the cycle again. We heard some of this stuff maybe a year or two ago and kind of ignored it then. But now it's news again, so we'll touch base on it. But, and this is a quote, full circle has exclusively learned plot details for the new G.I. Joe film, as well as who the studio is looking to lead the series. Paramount Pictures officially teased a new film in the franchise was in the works at CinemaCon 2019. The G.I. Joe pick will certainly take things in a very exciting direction. The story is set to revolve around G.I. Joe member Philip Chuckles Provost, an undercover <laughs> specialist gone for years until he learns of a grave new threat. Provost tries to convince his bosses that twins Tomax and Zamot, who work for the villain organization Cobra, are after a mysterious device dubbed the Wheel of Time, would allow the villains to travel into the future and obtain weapons capable of destroying the Joes once and for all. However, his superiors don't trust him. Provost forms his own squad composed of Helix, Wild Bill, Jinx, and Snake Eyes in order to reach the device before Cobra does. End quote. So... Sure, I'm sure that this treatment got tossed around out there, but honestly, I'm going to believe Snake Eyes' origin picture before I will put any shred of thought into this. You don't believe in Chuckles? What's wrong with Chuckles? Nothing's wrong with Chuckles. I, I don't really see him as 
anybody who's terribly important to the overall health of the G.I. Joe franchise. Uh, it would make me sad if they actually based something on Chuckles and it wasn't the, uh, the last laugh. Chuckles was never a, a major player uh, ever, I don't think, in Joe. And so back when that comic story came out, I thought it was really interesting to grab a guy who was truly a, a C-minus level player and make him the complete focal point and centerpiece of some of the best Joe fiction ever written, I think. And I, that was always a lament of mine was that storyline screams Netflix or Amazon Prime or so much of it was smaller scale, right? Not giant battlefields, you know, hallway conversations and that, that wise guy thing of will he get caught? And I think it, it would be brilliant for Joe. And there's so many pay-per-view type or uh, streaming channels that need programming now that I think this is the easiest sell ever. And it, it confuses me why it hasn't been done. So <laughs> I'd, if we're going to see Chuckles, I'd, I'd much rather see that in something pre-written and fantastic. I think it was an episode of South Park where the boys are trying to pitch a show and they call Netflix and Netflix answers the phone. Thank you for calling Netflix. Your show is greenlit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, anyhow, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not buying this as GI Joe three. I'm, I'm sorry. I, no, I mean just and not not to not to play well, having been in that meeting before. But can you imagine being in this pitch meeting and sitting down and going, okay, so there's a Joe named Chuckles. <laughs> And he's the new Duke, right? He's the new hero. He's the focal point. He's the new roadblock. <laughs> yeah, not that a nope. movie wouldn't necessarily have chuckles, but doesn't he just scream comic relief character to you? Absolutely. In that setting. Kind of like in the animated movie, he was the the silent guy who just kicked down doors and climbed up on the top of the helicopter and somehow didn't die and threw the missile. and He, he threw a missile? Yeah. That's that, awesome. That was kind of cool, really. You know, I was 12, whatever. Right. Just looking at this team, though, right? Like, it scratches a couple of itches, but... Yeah, Wild Bill talk, is nice. Yeah, I love Bill, but unless there's going to be a lot of helicopter flying, I don't know. It just seems like an odd mix to me. I'd, I'd be really surprised if someone made that pitch and it survived for very long. Some of it works, although I think uh, almost every major motion picture is going to have to stay away from time travel for a while. Mm. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I love Tomax and Zaymont. I think Tomax and Zaymont done well would be fantastic. But yeah, there's just so much of this that feels like maybe this was a pitch a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I, I can't imagine it's still the direction. Yeah, take it uh, for what you will. Here at What's on Joe Mind, the general feeling is meh. Yeah. Can you do a capital meh? Or no, is that kind of you know really it, spoil it, it? it's it's. It doesn't warrant capital letters. It's really a lowercase meh. Meh. Okay. Meh. Lowercase you convinced. meh. You convinced me. Meh. Can you do meh in the shrug? Meh. Ooh. I think it's implied. Sure. <laughs> Next news item. Do, 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 do. Toys R Us back for Christmas. Woohoo! Well, sort of. Toys R Us okay. Kids Brands, which purchased the Toys R Us IP including the brand name and Jeffrey the Giraffe, is hoping to open 10,000 square foot stores for the 2019 Hollywood season. Mind Hollywood? 
Hollywood. Woo. See, see, see what happens when we talk about crap in the news. And my I think you got it right. That's 10,000 square foot stores, not 10,000 stores. 10,000 square feet in each store for the 2019 holiday season. Hey. To give some reference, most of the Toys R Us stores that we're used to seeing are were between 20 and 30,000 square feet, so very large stores, and these would be kind of more medium size, kind of like your Dollar General size stores, I guess. No word on where these stores will be located, although there will only be, quote, a handful, as opposed to over 600 stores that closed in 2018. And I have a feeling that these people know they know exactly where the stores are going to be. They just haven't worked out zoning and leases and things like that. You put your new stores in the same places where your old stores were really successful. They'll probably have it figured out late summer, early fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spring 2019, barring a delay to early summer. <laughs> um, barring a delay to mid-fall. And no, it's, again, that's cool. There's no Joe product to go in them, so I, my enthusiasm is tempered somewhat, but it'll be neat to have toy stores at Christmas, provided it's it works good. out. If it, yeah, if it's good for toy, it's good for Joe. So, uh, you know, I'm cool with it. My favorite bit, and the, you know, the death of TRU was was crushing for anybody who's a fan of toys, <laughs> or toys properties. But my favorite thing that happened was afterwards... At Dallas Toy Fair, when they sent a Jeffrey the Giraffe dude in a suit to go dance around Dallas Toy Fair, considering how many toy companies got stiffed on their bills by the closure of Toys R Us. Mm -hmm. So you're going to find a place where a whole bunch of toy executives are holed up for a weekend, and you're going to run a a goofy-looking giraffe mascot by them? Surprised that guy made it out. That would have been a YouTube video to watch. Yes. I mean, thankfully, it's a giraffe costume, too, because when they're punching him in the face, his actual <laughs> face isn't in it. Right. His actual face is somewhere down in the neck. So That's good, a good point. Good for I him. Mean, isn't isn't Joe in charge of punches in the throat? Yes. That's a lot of throat. I figured. Hey, phrasing. Phrasing is all right on a lot of throat. Throat isn't. I mean, that's a lot of tongue would be a little off over the edge. but That's a good point. That's a lot of throat. But how weird are you? I'm not getting into this discussion. <laughs> so the answer is pretty weird. But anyways, that was their plan in 2018 as well. But obviously the, the, the timetable was just way too accelerated for that to, to happen. So I hope it works out. I, I would really like to see that. I really miss that store. Yeah. There's nothing like they said, oh, you know, like Walmart and the Targets and other stores will take up. But I either go to cons now to get them or or I order them off Amazon, which is sad because then you lose the the experience of going to the store and hunting for them. I totally agree. And it was when I, where I grew up in the middle of Oregon, there was no Toys R Us. The closest one was three hours away. So when I would actually get up to Portland once or twice a year, you know, as a huge toy fan, it was like a pilgrimage. Yeah. Walked in and it was, you know, you could hear the angel choir and it was cool. So I, you know, it, it broke my heart on a lot of levels, especially because they didn't deserve that. It was mm-hmm. a, a company, a business that was making money that got shut down by the people who purchased them by saddling them with their own purchase debt. And, I, you know, it's a it's an American failure story and not because of the people at Toys R Us. Yep. I'm just, I'm, I'm glad I could join you and be a ray of sunshine. 
stole my line on that one, Mark. I was going to say, hey, thanks right? for joining us tonight, Mark. Yeah, come that's on. The, the web's always upbeat. That's the end of the program. Right. Joe, stay on the line. Joe's drinking more than ever. Right. <laughs> He's downing the bottle now. I'm, I'm bringing it down. Sorry got about a, that. Got a crazy straw sticking out of the top of that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so next news item. Do, 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 do. IDW solicits snake hunt, phrasing, a 10-issue G.I. Joe event in Real American Hero by Larry Hama and Robert Adkins. And from the IDW press release, quote, when the original Snake Eyes lost his life battling forces of evil, Sean Collins, a.k.a. Throwdown, took up the mysterious mantle to deny Cobra a moral victory in their long-running war against G.I. Joe. But Cobra Commander, not realizing the original Snake Eyes' memories and skills are now implanted in the mind and body of Don Moreno, has never given up his desire to remove the legendary ninja from his enemies and will do whatever it takes to make it happen, including kidnapping and brainwashing Sean Collins and making him part of Cobra. Can G.I. Joe save Sean from the dark clutches of Cobra before it's too late? Written by living legend Larry Hama and featuring the long-awaited return of Robert Adkins to the pages of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, Snake Hunt is a star-studded 10-issue event that will feature, in caps, every single member of G.I. Joe. Snake Hunt will begin in Real American Hero number 266. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Joe, you don't read the comic, do you? I do, but I have not kept up with it because of work and commissions. Mm. But I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. I'll eventually get to it. It's nice to see them planning a big event like this. Yeah. For the complete non-entity that G.I. Joe is in most of the retail world, it's a reasonable and reliable seller on the comic shelves. In an age when there aren't a lot of those to be had out there, even from the big companies, like IDW can bank on G.I. Joe moving a decent number of copies. And they don't get a whole lot of credit for that. But, you know, why would that start? Right. So it's nice to see, you know, a big event getting thrown Larry's way and Robert Adkins' way for for this. I don't think Larry gets enough credit or G.I. Joe gets enough credit for it still being Larry telling the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be like if, if Chris Claremont came back to X-Men for a nice long run. Like, it's, it's he's the guy. I mean, anything Larry does, I'm a fan of. And, and this big thing, great. And I love the bit of every single member of G.I. Joe. Because there's always guys, characters, throwaway characters that you loved as a kid or who are just so ridiculous. You have to, you're, you're excited anytime you see them in a panel. So to, to put that ahead, every single member of G.I. Joe, now you'll be going through issues very closely, you know, looking for that one guy you really like or maybe really don't like. I think it's cool. It'll be an Easter egg hunt like crazy. So. And if, if Ice Cream Soldier saves the day, then, you know, everyone will have a Merry Christmas. I did once watch G.I. Joe the movie with the expressed reason of figuring out where they put Flash. And? He's there at the very end, at least. When everything explodes in the Cobra Law base, right when the screen goes white, he's pretty well right front and center standing next to Shipwreck. So he's at least yeah. there. You know what? If, if I was an overlooked Joe... And then they were filming. I'd stand next to Shipwreck, too, right? That's I'd a good way to get on the camera. Every freaking chance I got. Hey, Shipwreck, let's hang. You and me don't hang. Right. 
Let's go get a burger, Shipwreck. I mean, he'd make you pay. Well, yeah. But, but hey, you're getting on TV. So, fat. dig it. Your last name's Delgado, but you talk like Jack Nicholson. What's that all about? Speaking as the local representative for the guys who don't sound Hispanic with Hispanic last names union. Get off <laughs> his back. <laughs> so that's that. Mark, you've been following the, the comic book at all? Yeah, absolutely. I always read I get the comic every time you know, every time it comes out and and you know this is my soccer mom life i'll wander over from my downtown providence campus to the providence place mall and get up to newberry comics and get my x-men my gi joes my saga when it comes back for its one year hiatus uh and my captain marvel comics for my daughter and dive in and my transformers comics that's pretty much my full list but i've never not collected Joe comics like even after I was out of comics in the late 90s early 2000s and when Devil's Due got the license and was going to make Joe comics again that's what actually got me back into comic shops so I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of the comic stories over the years did you enjoy rack time yeah I think the best storytelling you know like like I said earlier I love the last laugh and the best storytelling on Joe has always been the comic yeah, no, no offense to the folks who enjoy the, the animation, but... No, I mean, every, every bit of it, every wing of it serves its purpose, but for a good story, and even as a kid reading the Joe comic, it was a, a toy-based comic that didn't pander, and I loved it, and I loved the, the military jargon that they used and explained, you know, down at the bottom of the panel. I have been on board with the comic. We used to have... Before I found the local comic shop in Bend, Oregon, the spinner rack at Long's Drugs would only get one copy of G.I. Joe. Oh, man. So so me and Tim Roberts would fight each other to see who could get there first and uh, and get the old uh, G.I. Joe comic out. And I was I almost always won. And he won for the for issue 19 where General Flag got killed. Oh, oh. spoiler. Is that a spoiler? No. Too soon. <laughs> Right. Well, I think I think with a 35 year head start, I think you're good on that one. Okay, good. Uh, you know, apologies out there if you, if you had just hadn't opened that one yet. But uh, but yeah, he he nabbed that one before me and held that over me for a long, long time. Then eventually found an actual comic book shop with back issues, which was you know again the holy the holy angel choir speaking out, and we were all good from there. How many comic stores you got up there in Bend, Oregon? Uh, just the one, but it's still open. Pegasus Books. That's where I dropped a lot of coin on comic books and baseball cards. I pretty much just, uh, they should have just direct deposited my allowance to Duncan Geary at Pegasus Books. Because that's where it all went anyway. So You chew on that, Tim Roberts. Exactly, Tim Roberts. <laughs> Tim Roberts once showed up at school and he had gotten the first Storm Shadow figure that came to bend. Nobody even knew the new wave was out yet. So I remember him sitting across the lunch table and just holding up this white Cobra Ninja figure and smiling at me. And I'm like, man, I don't even know who that is, but he's awesome. <laughs> and Tim Roberts has him. And now it'll take me months to find him. I had my own Joe Nemesis in Bend, Oregon. It would make a really bad miniseries. I kind of want to watch that miniseries. Right? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll jump to the end. Uh, at a track meet in seventh grade, Tim Roberts uh, mistimed his high jump. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the high jump, but you pretty yeah. much jump at the start of the mat. So you clear the bar where it, where it sags a little bit and you land in the middle of the big cushy pad. Mm. Tim jumped at the middle, knocked the bar off, and then landed on the ground past the pit. Ooh. Wham! And I remember I ran, I, I, you know, he just disappeared from view. And I thought, you know, who knows how he landed? Maybe he's really hurt. So I sprinted over there to make sure he was okay. Got down there and I'm like, Tim, are you okay? And he said, the seventh grade. He cursed, actually, but I'll edit it out. He said, screw you, Weber. You're always stealing those jokes like before we get there. He was still mad. Like four years later, he was still mad that I would Bogart the only copy of G.I. Joe. And that was the most salient thought in his uh, concussed brain as he looked up at me with you know, liter- literally the Tweety Birds around his head was I was the face he saw and I was not the face he wanted to see. So there you go. There's the, there's the end to it. In fairness, that's a hell of a jump. Yeah, not bad, right? He was in the air for a long time, if you consider that he didn't land on the pad. Yeah, that clearing so, that little portable pit, that is no mean feat. Right, that, the height was dreadful, but the hang time was spectacular. Yeah. Tim Roberts, here's to you. And if you want to read G.I. Joe 1 through 18, you can come over to my house anytime. <laughs> Just not on Saturday because I'll be at a soccer. You'll be at a soccer game. Yeah. You ever keep track of Tim Roberts? No, I lost track of Tim Roberts. Uh, I think it'd be easier to to find people, but it's a uh, it's a generic enough name. Yeah. And there's you know there's just a chance that he's the, the doing the Steve Buscemi thing, right? With the lipstick and the and the list of people to kill. Mm. So right. I'm gonna. I'm going to let Tim Roberts go, other than the fact that I just lampooned him on a podcast. <laughs> He's probably He's, listening to uh, it. Going, I got I to pull up our stats. Right. I got to pull up our stats and see how many listeners in Oregon we have. Right. He had probably made peace with me until now. And that, and this is a huge mistake. But He is one of our one of our listeners, I'm sure. Right. That's, that's the next creepy Instagram message Joe is going to get. It's going to say, hey, I don't want your address, but where does Weber live? <laughs> Mark Weber's creepy messages straight from Bend, Oregon. Yeah, if he offers to trade a G.I. Joe 19 and a vintage Storm Shadow, we've yeah. got our man. Okay. So, Tim Roberts, if you're out there, <laughs> oh check in with us. We want to hear from you. Do we? We do. Look, oh. come on now. We are men in our 40s. If he's still carrying that grudge. If he wants to meet up, we're going to do it at Maggie's house. That's right. right. Tell her tell her to make some cookies. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring our decorating stuff. Yep. I got decorating stuff. You make I cookies? I don't have I can't. decorating stuff. Um, I can't bake worth a damn. I can bake. I just don't because I'm one guy. Like, you don't make cookies for yourself. Not when I can just go and get Oreos from the convenience store next door. I, why would I make my own cookies? That's not. I tried. I've tried baking. I have baked a cookie sheet, like a whole cookie sheet, and they were raw and burnt at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's putting the oven on too high. 
Followed directions, man. It didn't work. I'm just not a baker. Mm, 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 mm. I'm kind of impressed by the raw and burnt. At the same time, yeah. It's an accomplishment, I think. I got, I got bacon in my jeans. Isn't there a merit badge for that? Yeah, Should probably. Be. I've made them so hard that you couldn't bite in them. Like mm, Phrasing. It is bad. Anyways, my sister, for the record, has been accepted in pastry school in France. Wow. Wow. So she's heading over there at the end of the summer. That's amazing. Late summer, and early awesome. fall. Like, you should be really proud of her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am anyway, but she better be home in time for Christmas because, frankly, we're counting on her to make <laughs> cookies. That's that's a Seinfeld episode, pretty much, right? It is. Yeah. It is, I'm sure. He just wants the back rub. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who saw that episode, but... It took me a second. He, it took me a second. Date, yeah, he dates a massage therapist. Yes. And all he wants is a back rub. And she's like, that's what I do at work all day. And he's like, yeah, but I'm funny all day. I don't stop being funny when I come home. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure your sister wants to fly home from Paris. Greet her loving family and have them say, yo, why don't you get in the kitchen? Them sugar cookies ain't going to make themselves. <laughs> we got bacon jeans in the family, though. So it's, it's, I, I have helped out in the past in a pinch. Usually I get kicked out. Because usually if, if there's cookies involved and the 300-pound dude is lurking around the kitchen, that's the right play. I can't fault them for that. You kick that guy out. But... I've helped out in the past, so my, we might be called on again this year. We'll see. So how, how long is pastry school? It is, I believe it's only three months. Okay. Of courses, and then she's certified or whatever, and she's awesome at it. She she can she can bake. So, is she opening up a pastry shop or working for like, I, a hotel? I don't know if we've got a plan to that point. Oh, okay. But it's it's more of a let's get through it and make sure that we get that certification first. Oh, so good. Got to be more fun than accounting, right? Well, come oh. on, that, that's setting the bar pretty low. Yeah, accounting. William's an accountant and loves it. I don't know how he does it. I mean, that, yeah, more power to him. Like, cool, but uh, never again. William also <laughs> spends every weekend dressed up as fictional people. So do so, I. So he's a little touched. Or he's a super he's a superhero right. who dresses up as an accountant during the week. Mm. Yeah, he actually. Uh, what was it? Yesterday I saw. Yeah, yesterday I saw him. We had a dinner with the new CEO of the Finest. He was in town, and he wore his suit with a cobra pin on the like the lapel. And I was like, "All right, what is happening?" He's like, "What? I like my pin." Like, All right, sure. You just. I like that. You weren't comfortable getting outdorked. That's what that is. Thing you you go up to that guy, give him a hug, and you whisper, Hail Hydra, in his ear. You're good. You gotta, clearly, you need to up your game. Clearly, yeah. I'm, I'll just get on, right on that and make a cobra dress right now. That's right. We, I'd hate to have you break out the sewing machine. I'm already sitting in front of it. Now we're talking. Next news item. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Do you like it? It's a little different. Oh, that, that's it's. I'm good with it. Yeah, it's kind of a baby shark thing. 
Hasbro is set to open an indoor water park in Malaysia in 2022. Oh, my God. In response, What's on Joe Mine offers to rename its news segment to Crazy Shit Hasbro Does. What the fuck? But really, you could go check this out yourself. It's it's just another one of those, hey, these people contacted us about using some characters in their theme park, and they're going to give us money, so we said yes. So, great. It's on a site called hype.my, and that MY is for Malaysia. It's in a city called Malaka, Malaka, M-E-L-A-K-A. She's into Malakas, do you know? (laughs) So really, just check that out on your own. We're not going to worry you too much with the details. There weren't a whole lot of them. Just figured it was uh, something else we needed to throw out out there. Look, I know I've been Mr. Sunshine pretty much the whole podcast, and this is an easy news item to poop on. But if you've ever met me or know what I'm looking, what I look like, the idea of more indoor water parks is totally fine with me. Yeah, you're good with it. Yeah. Let me just be the, be the, the speaker for Ginger Nation. You got to say you indoor sun- water parks are a great idea. Let's get some more of those. You got a sunburn from a 40-watt bulb. Man, I tell you, I used to run in from the parking lot in Phoenix. Like, like is that bacon? No, that's me. Yeah, that's, that's a good plan out in Phoenix, man. That's- oh, man. So yeah, I will. I would be happy to visit this water park. You got along well with all the other Arizona State Sun Devils because you were literally on fire. I can't believe that I survived in Arizona for 15 years without spontaneously combusting at some point or another. So happy to be here. <laughs> Looking like that piece of bacon that got caught over in the corner of the pan. Man, I tell you, it's it, the struggle is real. I had a friend of mine, a redhead, just moved to Florida. She's a military wife, so she has to go where they get sent. And she sent a picture from the beach, and I said, how much SPF was involved there? And she said, 50, put on twice, and I still burn myself to death. I'm like, yeah, that's it. The struggle is real. If that number doesn't rhyme with Schmate 100, then it's not enough. (laughs) Exactly. What's what's the SPF? Not enough. Not enough. The multiplier on that, you know? Oh. Maggie's like that. She's not a ginger. No, but she's an Alaskan. Right. I mean, when you figure that that's just, that's nurture as opposed to nature. Like, the first however many years of her life, she saw the sun one month a year. Yeah, it's my kind of place. <laughs> Plus, I glow in the dark, so I, I'd be big in life. <laughs> You're big in Vegas at night. I, I put on a cowboy hat and I do that big thumb thing. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, you'd be the Cirque du Soleil of street performers. <laughs> Is that Moon Knight? No, it's Webb. It's just Mark Weber. I never thought about that. I could cosplay Moon Knight like crazy. What's, what's on Joe Mine's sub host? Mark Weber. <laughs> Because as we always have to do, plug the damn show. Plug the show. Oh, I'm plugging the show. Whatever. That brings us to PostSock. I have to put out a huge thank you to our fans. We put out a call to fill the PostSock. And fill the PostSock you did. So we oh, appreciate wow, yeah. It when the, appreciate it when you, you, you give us stuff to talk about. 
First letter is from Jake Rose via Facebook. Thank you for helping rekindle a youthful love and for connecting me to the club and the last few years of the FSS and the many great Kickstarters. Great fan community. No problem, Jake. Happy we could be there for you. Thank you for tuning in every week. Week. <laughs> week. Thank you for tuning in for every episode and for the kind words. Appreciate it. I'm not sure Jake knows how the internet works. He's supposed to hate something. I know. He was just, he was nice to the club and had good words about the FSS and he used the term love. I, I, I mean, whatever. Sure thing. I mean, more power to Jake Rose. We need more like him. Absolutely. Weirdo. Freak. I mean, <laughs> that's right. We'll, we'll get him jaded. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hang out for our sister podcast, Mark Weber's Views of Life. <laughs> Mark Weber's Hollywood Connection. <laughs> Deep thoughts with Mark Weber. Next letter comes from King of the Mailbag, Ryan Costello, via Facebook. We all remember the Terrordrome Sombrero. Joe Colton, what other vehicle playset cosplay can you remember? The Terrordrome, I remember that. Uh, Skinny had done a a Kickstarter for that and then donated it to us. There's the explosion background. And then we did something where, so Carson did it first, where you were on, weren't even on anything, but you slowly turned and he scanned you. But I think it was early, wasn't Springfield, was after Springfield. Loveland? Loveland where Skinny had gotten something where we stood on and it scanned us and put us in a background anywhere. So what you're saying is, no, you can't remember any other vehicle or cassette. Play, well, the, play the vehicle, I remember Max had brought a vehicle for, oh, what was it? It was the Thunder Machine. Mm -hmm. And voice actors were sitting on it. And Morgan Lofting sat on it, and I was terrified because it was just sheet metal, and she was going to cut herself. Yeah, that's that's the only vehicle that we've had, other than that Jeep. Somebody brought in a Jeep one year. So I think the answer to this is Brian Kaufman's Terradrome getup is really the only time we've seen somebody cosplay as a vehicle. It was Carson, right, who did the oh, uh, gliders, right? right? Yeah, Carson and Joe did. Yeah, the the gliders. Well, they and I love and they fell and I loved how easily they fell apart, just like the real thing. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean they, they had the gliders. They had the gliders, but they weren't the gliders. They were well, Grunt and the Viper pilot. They were not yeah. the gliders. So again, I, I think the line here is: Has anybody ever dressed up as a vehicle besides mm -hmm. Brian Kaufman as the Terradrome? And I, can't, I can't think of Kaufman for the win. Yeah. He is truly the king of, of that tiny corner of the universe. Right. King of a very lonely mountain. <laughs> Did anyone wear the snake armor at any point? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. John Cremines wandered around That's New Orleans right. with that. I was his handler, which basically hey, oh. when he finally got too tired pretty much his entire body weight and that ginormous snake armor were getting shoved along by me. 
Oh. So yeah, I remember that one very well. Even still, that's something humanoid-ish. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if that counts. Even I just I. One guy was a cassette player a lot at the last Joe Con. There you go. See that I would count. Yeah. Okay. That I would count. I would count cassette guy. Listening fun sidekick there. Yeah. Totally didn't transform in the sound wave though. No. Slacker. No. Slacker. Right. Incomplete costume. Cassette player inferior. <laughs> it's just a cassette player. Right. He doesn't do anything. Wasn't the right no. cassette player. Let's let's bag on him for that. <laughs> Would have been too Can't much wait. to just give it a red paint job and call it blaster. Are we going to see listening fun tripwire in Snake Hunt from IDW? I hope we get fun school mm-hmm. tripwire. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. In his purple and orange glory. Not to go all the way back, but is there any ridiculous Joe character or you know a secret favorite that you're dying to see in the comic? They're all going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. I mean, you already got Ice Cream Soldier out there. So oh, yeah. I don't know if they get any sillier than him. I'm trying to think if there's anybody that... I don't know. I always like the vehicle drivers. Because they just seemed like a rarer figure, right? Like you needed... I wonder how... Oh, yeah. Here's a couple. Like Steamroller, right? Mm. With, the, with that vest, he's looking yeah. good. Wild card. I guess mm. this is all the gung ho wannabe crew. Yeah. Those guys wouldn't be bad. And then it'll be uh, interesting that Larry uh, tends to have the figures drawn like they looked when their figures came out. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what cross country might look like. Oh, right? Because there's a lot wrong with cross country from a 2019 PC uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Wonder what cross country's gonna look like. That's something to something to keep your eye out for. Yeah. Just maybe an American flag, I guess. Yeah, but I mean the Confederate flag is, is the, the easy set off, but he's actually wearing a Confederate hat. Yeah, he's wearing the rebel hat. Oh that's right, yeah. Like, like you don't have to show the belt buckle, but unless you're, if you're gonna show his head <laughs> Maybe it's just the belt buckle we see. Right. Maybe they'll color it differently like they did on the cartoon. They'll probably have him driving the habit, so on his belly. And they'll do a real tight shot, right? Of how focused his eyes are. There, I just just wrote a panel. That's enough to get you an author credit, for sure. Well, let's hope so. Next letter. Hey, what's on Joe Mind team? As you may know if you've kept on recent events... Larry Hama has been suffering from hand and wrist pain that makes it difficult for him to draw and sign comics. He's also had some negative experiences at conventions. While he continues to hammer out the G.I. Joe series for IDW, he hasn't been getting a lot of responses for the letters page. Larry has done more for G.I. Joe than we can calculate. Without his contribution, these toys likely would have been forgotten decades ago. He is the reason we still talk about G.I. Joe today. As a way of showing my appreciation for his work, I have committed to writing the comic book letters page after every issue. It would be great if more Joe fans would do the same. I think Larry deserves to be appreciated for his current work, not just the work he did 30-plus years ago. Would What's on Joe Mind listeners consider doing the same? I don't know how many more years Larry will keep working on the book. If you enjoy what he does, now is the time to let him know. Thanks to What's on Joe Mind's contribution to the fans, keep up the good work. Brian, a.k.a. Hooded Cobra Commander 788, via email. That is an outstanding call to action. 
Totally agree. So there you go. From Hooded Cobra Commander 788, you can find him on YouTube, by the way. That's great. So I there you go. If you are picking up the comic every every month, drop a quick note. Doesn't have to be more than a couple sentences. Even if it's just a quick attaboy, thanks for putting this out. I really enjoy it. Keep up the good work kind of stuff. You don't have to get into deep literary criticism. But that would be fantastic if we could just throw all that at IDW. One well-worded letter is worth... I don't know how many positive responses in somebody's eyes. It, it's got to count for a lot. And if all of a sudden a big wave of just positive fan mail has come into G.I. Joe, maybe that leads to more G.I. Joe products for IDW. Maybe it leads to more G.I. Joe products in other places. Considering how little Joe there is out there right now, we do a good job of supporting it. Uh, Mark Belomo's book continues to sell like mad, which is another another indicator that we're really starved for for content but that's not an ongoing thing so i think anytime we can we can take what few outlets we have and just charge them up positively is a good thing so that is an excellent letter thank you for sharing that with us brian that's what we just did so we it's up to everybody else now i'll certainly get something together to send in just i just read 261 a couple days ago I'll do it again for 262 next month. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. And if, if the, the very minimum it can do is give Larry a smile, then if that's all it does, then that's fantastic. Yeah. And if it does more than that, great. But he's the guy. <laughs> if you love G.I. Joe, it's probably because of Larry Hama. So he, he has had a couple of nasty uh experiences this year that he's been public about on uh, on facebook so he's the godfather if he's having if he's having a bit of a rough year if we can help him even just a little bit absolutely mm-hmm. he's the guy get behind him there you go next letter what is the most memorable gi joe tattoo you've seen and that is from ryan king of the post sock costello via facebook joe colton will start with you uh, what is the most memorable G.I. Joe tattoo that you've seen? I have seen a Baroness tattoo on a leg, and it's very well done. I don't remember whose it was, but it was on a calf. I remember that. And that was really cool. A lot of the guys get the Arashikagi or the Cobra emblem. Mm. But yeah, the Baroness, very detailed. It was very good. I'm just happy that I've never seen any terrible G.I. Joe tattoos. Oh, you lucky man. Like, like, <laughs> and I don't mean terrible. For, like, obviously, some of them are going to be better than others. Artists are different, blah, 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 blah. I just mean, like, even if it's a if it's a badly drawn cobra symbol, at least it's just a cobra symbol. It's not what? a cobra symbol peeing on a Chevy sign. Or, <laughs> some what of the, are... the absolute <laughs> stuff you see out there on tattoos sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'll give Joe fans credit for that. It, you, the quality of them varies, obviously, but but nobody's done anything that's just explicitly embarrassing. Yes. On a on an intellectual level, even if you got a bad Ricondo tattoo, at least it's just just Ricondo, right? Oh, Ricondo. I like that the the easiest complete mess up you can do of a tattoo, right? If you invert the 
the I Ching, the Arashkage mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. if you're not splitting the top line, you could explain it away and be like, no, it's it's right. I wanted it facing me, not facing <laughs> you, right? Like the one, the one thing you cannot mess up. If you happen to mess that up, uh, at least you got an out. That's right. I see that, you know, more than 10 times versus anything else. Mm-hmm. Is I had a buddy who got it across the back of his calf. Big, too, like almost wrapping around. Not that it was that big a calf, but you're pretty committed if you put it across the back of your leg. Yeah. yeah. The, the ones I've seen have, have generally been that, the Arashikage symbol. The Cobra symbol. I've seen a couple of the G.I. Joe Eagle symbol from the movie. Oof. And which like. I don't mind. I question the longevity of it, but it's yeah. not a bad symbol. That's like getting a new Coke tattoo. Yeah. And I've seen the, the G.I. Joe bars logo, like across the top of the figure card logo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and past that, it... It just turns into, you know, who everybody's got their favorite character. and But I, I can't say I've got any one that sticks out, good or bad. I would think you'd see more of the Zartan Dreadnought logo. Mm. Just seems like that would be cool, you know, for yeah. for a tattoo. Not yeah. not that I can, you know, speak, but... Yeah. yeah I got Do you have none. a tattoo, Mark? No tattoos, no. That's really too bad, as your body is completely white. You're right, it really wouldn't take much ink. <laughs> It would. It would. Uh, I might be able to negotiate a discount. And be like, look, man. I mean, they would. They should be lining up. They should be giving you a discount just to, for the opportunity, because you're like a you're you're the the blank like canvas. Yeah, a life a lifetime ago, when I was holding up microphones in locker rooms, once a night I'd hear some Yahoo videographer go, "Hey, Webb, can I white balance on you?" Uh, yeah, you're you're fine. How many? Yeah. How many? Uh, Smart-ass producers you punch out. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> You're a violent sort, so that's why I asked that question. Really, I am. I'm just a <laughs> bubbling cauldron of anger. I love it. Feel the hate seething through the microphone. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> Call Maggie. <laughs> Moving on. Anyone doing Comic-Con this year? If so, excitingly show Hasbro it has twice the reason to do the following HasLab dream project because it can take make two toy lines and two aircraft carriers. And this is from Chris Ryder via email, and he put some photos of what he was talking about on Instagram at Skid Voodoo. Basically, huh. he's, he's, a big, he's a big Top Gun fan. Okay. There's some carded custom Top Gun action figures. And by his his thinking there, you you make a flag, you can just turn around and do an aircraft carrier for Top Gun jets too, and that would be awesome. And everybody's got room for two aircraft carriers. I mean, I love it. I'm I'm glad that somebody's excited about something. But uh, and I obviously this letter is tongue in cheek. On Instagram at Skid Voodoo, S K I D V O O D O O. You can see the images that he showed to us and and put that with the letter and it'll all make a bit more sense but thanks for oh writing, yeah as joe colton does that yeah i'm looking at it right. awesome glad glad you felt the need to interrupt there even if they considered a flag i i kind of like that the flag is i mean it's the holy grail for a reason right it's a mess it's a pile to store much less display mm. like 
I like that the flag is hard to get and that not many people have it. I don't know if that makes me sound like the elitist collector because I didn't have it for ages. As a kid, we, we would try to do anything to trade for the Admiral action figure because you couldn't get it any other way. And that kid wouldn't trade it either. But no. anyway, it took forever. But late, late in my life, when I finally got the flag, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because it's a holy grail. And those are important to toy lines, I think. I just remember when I was a kid, we saw that in the the catalog, Rob and I, and we looked at one another and we're like, well, that's never happening. Right. I was the exact same way. <laughs> Me and my buddy would look at the ca- first catalog of the year and mark out what we were planning for Christmas and birthday requests. And when we saw the flag, we were like, that'll never happen. Never happen. Yeah, didn't even, even bother. Think I worked with a guy at uh, McFarland Toys who sold for Hasbro back in the day. Great guy, a Texan named John Shobe. We called him Shobiwan. And I asked him about Joe because I knew he had worked at Hasbro uh, back in the day. And I asked him what it was like to sell that aircraft carrier. And he said, you know, in his best Texas draw, well, we could sell anything back then, man. I mean, that was like $120 and seven feet long. He said, Webb, we called that thing the coffee table. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no lie. We, Rob and I, again, as children, we joked about it that we, we could – we shared a room with our youngest brother, Jim. We could just put it on his bed and he could sleep out in the hall. <laughs> he was little. He wouldn't care. Have him sleep on the carrier. It's it, fine. It, it would have it held him for a while. Right. When I first put mine together, uh, what I did, I knew it was seven feet long. Everyone knows it's seven feet long. It's also three feet wide. Yeah. Right? It's really bulky yeah. and unbelievably rickety for how much plastic is involved there. Most of it is involved in the top of it, sitting on top of not a lot of stability. So uh, the flag is, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But until you put one together and try to keep it together, it's probably a little more uh, more stable in your own mind than in, uh, in actual practice. Yeah, we, we angled for a terror drum. We made a play there, but that got shot down too. So. Oh. The reception to that was a little bit more positive until it was actually seen in the Toys R Us, at which point, no, there's just no space for that either. And that's another, you know, a killer Toys R Us thing is those toys that were out of reach, right? That were just up there and you could pull a ticket, mm. right? And then they would send you around back to go pick it up. Like, that's a that's a toy moment for a kid. Man, my toy, the toy's so massive. They don't even let you put it in the cart. You got to go around to the back, and they'll yeah. load they'll load it into your minivan. They like, bring it out on its own. Now we're talking. Its own wheeled flat. It's got a pallet underneath it. It's just ginormous. That's awesome. That's one of the only because I was not a mint and box guy at all. I opened all my stuff. I didn't even keep the boxes very often, but I kept the Terror Drone box because that's it stores so well inside it. Really? So that's that's one of the few, you know, original boxes I still have because it still has the Terradrome packed away nicely inside. Oh, cool. Next letter. What are some things about being a G.I. Joe collector that you feel we took for granted? And that is from Ryan I Need Answers Costello via Facebook again. So I guess this is in the absence of G.I. Joe product. What did we take for granted as collectors? And I think there's an easy answer to that product right (laughs) (laughs) a definite direction yeah it's sad because it's true 
I think if you dig a little a little bit deeper, though, like even when we were getting product over the last 15 years or so, I think one of the things we lost, we didn't realize how good we had it, was how good the vehicles were. Mm-hmm. Like we got vehicles over the last 15 years, but really, which of them stand out? Even when they had budget for new tooling and new vehicles, outside of the Rhino, maybe, is there any one of those toys that you would really look at and go, that was an incredible vehicle? And Joe used to turn out in its heyday five or six complete winners a year. And then, you know, in the last 15, 16 years, even when they're new, they're not much. Yeah, it, that's the problem with it is the best ones were all redos. Yeah. So even when they're significantly better, uh, the example I'll use here is the Skyhawk, right? The Ghost Hawk, as it came around the second time, far superior to the original. Just it was it was sturdier. It had a little more armament. It looked more rugged. It had the windshield. It, it just it was a better toy. And even the reaction to that gets kind of muted because you've already been there once before. Right. You know, Maybe the, that's why the why the Rhino stands out to me. Right. Yeah. Because there was no Rhino the first time around. It wasn't derivative of anything else, and it had the cool helicopter feature, and it was a rolling, uh, what, rolling operation command center. Had some, uh, had some juice to it, too, but, I mean, that's not much, given how long they made new vehicles and how few of them actually resonated. Mm. Again, I'm just rainbow bright today, but. <laughs> so you're going with vehicle quality. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously we're not getting anything right now, but even when we were getting vehicles, it just wasn't anywhere near the same. One of the big differences that a lot of people don't, I think, don't give enough credence to is the vehicles used to be a lot cheaper for Hasbro to produce because they just made them on sprues, right? You opened up a closed box that only had a window to show the figure, and then you got a pile of parts to build the vehicle off of. I mean, once Joe relaunched, it was pretty much all window box stuff. So yeah. the vehicles had to be pre-assembled in the factory. And, you know, that was, you know, not to, not to be old man Webb, but part of the joy of Joe collecting as a kid for me was assembling the vehicle and putting the stickers on if I wanted to and not putting them on if I didn't want 50 no step stickers on my Sky Striker wings. So maybe that's, it's always better the way you grew up with it, but the vehicles definitely got more expensive for Hasbro to produce once they had to assemble the vehicles in the factory to make them look good in the window box. Yeah, for 25th and and uh, 30th anniversary and what have you, they were, by the, or rather, by the time 30th came along, they had gone back to the, the closed boxes, but there weren't nearly as many vehicles by that point. Yeah. Joe, you got anything different to add? No, I'm good. How's the project coming along? I'm pinning a collar and, what, what, and sleeves. What costume are you working on tonight? I'm working on a commission for a friend. She's doing April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. And if you spill wine on all that yellow, is that a problem? Yes. <laughs> she's she's drinking white wine, so it's okay. Ah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. You knew that what color of wine I'm drinking. You're, you're a white wine drinker. Yes, I am. 
because red makes me sing and and do things. Maybe a nice rosé, but but you're a white wine drinker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next question. Do you think a streaming service will ever do an updated animated show for G.I. Joe? And that is from Will Bell via Instagram. Yeah, we kind of touched on this back when we were talking about the movie. It falls more on the franchise holder to push these sorts of projects through than it does the streaming service. If I'm Netflix, I am not taking my resources and putting together a G.I. Joe series and then knocking on Hasbro's door and saying, hey, you want to do this? Only to have them completely take it apart and put it together how they would like to, if they talk to me at all. So streaming services are great. I'm sure one of them would love to have the opportunity. I think there's a lot of material out there that could be mined in a G.I. Joe series, but it's not on the streaming services to do that. It's up to Hasbro to decide that they want to do that. Once they do, shoot, Netflix will, again, they'll greenlight anything. But they've (laughs) taken in less prosperous franchises and had a good time with them. They they did Voltron for a long time. They relaunched She-Ra, which is not a GI Joe, and got some got had no had some success there. So yeah, they'd be all over it, but that's not where it starts. I think She-Ra is a great example. There wasn't a, a nation full of rabid She-Ra fans screaming for an animated series, but however it got put together, it's fascinating on on a couple of different levels. My daughter's nine. She loves that show. If there's room for a, you know, a mid-level property like that to get brand new life, you know, why it absolutely could be Joe if Hasbro wants it to happen. That reminds me of something funny. Back when I was researching for the news and putting all that together with the water park, I saw it posted on Facebook and one of the commenters on Facebook Sure, they can do this, but they still won't do anything with the Mask franchise. <laughs> and I'm just saying to myself, that's where you went first, Mask. <laughs> One failed comic series in 30-odd years does not a f- successful franchise make. Get in line. Yeah, this is better than Visionaries. Oh, Visionaries, yeah. Hey, hey at least, y- you know, well, I guess I shouldn't say at least they had a figure because there was a... a that Matt Tracker in the G.I. Joe line. So I guess there was a, a, a technically a mask figure somewhere in there. But yeah, come on, guys. Come on! I'll bat a little bit for mask. Just that it works on some level for a Hasbro property because it was it was Kenner's attempt to hybridize Joe and Transformers. So I always thought it kind of worked in the IDW comic, the idea that it was, you know, Cybertronian tech with Joe-ish agents. I think that kind of works, but yeah, when Joe brings up visionaries, I'm like, that that was always such a reach for me. Like, even in that whole uh, crossover they did, even ROM worked for me. Mm-hmm. But visionaries, eh, yeah, just not, not feeling it. Yeah, ROM works in a, in a universe that's full of all kinds of aliens and stuff. ROM works. Yeah, and, my, and Micronauts, too, on some level, right? Yeah. But... Yeah, Visionaries was always such a stretch to me that I had, I had trouble with that one. Mind you, I love Mask. Throw it out there. I, I was big on Mask for the, the brief time. It flew like a phoenix through our vision. But really, that 
we're burning for mask to that that's the first thing that comes out of you when you read this news of this crazy indoor water park deal maybe they'll have swim masks <laughs> you know that was really the un the, the missed untapped potential is that there were never any mask masks right anyhow before that turns into a thing i'm going to move on to the the next letter fill in the blank and we'll we'll read this like gene rayburn i love blank and i don't care who knows it and i'm going to guess that that's something connected to gi joe that is also from ryan costello via facebook he loves the mailbag. So, anyways, what is your? I guess what's your guilty pleasure? Oh God! In the GI Joe franchise, Joe Colton, you sound like you're trying to limit it to just one. No, I'm trying to be like. I wish it was like I hate this, and I don't care who knows it. Tiger Force. I mean, well, right? What, what do you hate that you don't care who knows it? Uh, anything neon from the '90s can just go. Been hanging around Mark Weber too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I like the the occasional like. Can't believe that dude is going into combat like that. Right. Like sci-fi. Like I never had a problem with neon green and silver sci-fi. This is supposed to be a futuristic laser guy. Okay, cool. Got it. But recoil is a good example of a guy who looks like a legitimate long-range recon patrol guy, and then they give him bright neon blue guns. Right? Like, yeah. here he is off in the jungle. But wait, we've got some neon baby blue armament for you there, Recoil. Try to come back in one piece. That's the, You'll that's, make it. That's right. the joy of interchangeable accessories right there. That's true. Just because he came with the gun doesn't mean it has to stay with the gun. Yeah, I remember when he came out, my younger brother had come along in age enough to where he was collecting G.I. Joe by that point. Rob and I, we would look at recoil with him and be like, well, you know, if you give him somebody else's stuff, he's pretty cool. That's, yeah, that's kind of like two of the basic rules of, of Joe figures are they don't have to use the gun they came with. And if you break your thumb, you drive the Jeep. <laughs> yeah. You're manning the gun in, in the, the tank or something. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You're, uh, you're flying the little habit cover craft with no thumbs. Good luck with that, Clutch. You are Wild Bill's co-pilot. <laughs> That's it. You're carrying the stretcher. They I can't clip on I, your wrist. <laughs> a good point. I can't think of a of a guilty pleasure because I think Joe's right. It's easier to go the other way, and I'll I'll go with the tie of Tiger Force and Cobra Law. Just not feeling a bit of it at all. I think the only Tiger Force guy ever I ever needed for my collection because I collected all of it. You know everything I could and back collected when I got older. And I think the only one I actually went after was Sky Striker because he was the only like, original character. And like the rest of them, I, 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 I got Night Force. I really like Night Force. Mm -hmm. And I understand what they're doing with Python Patrol and, and that kind of stuff. I get it. But Tiger Force just can't, can't deal with it. Can't deal with it. Don't miss it. And that, that's kind of what I like about collecting in general was, is... It's whatever you feel needs to be in your collection. So, my collection just fine with a Sky Striker sitting alone at the table, going, "I thought it was a Tiger Force meeting." 
I don't know. I, I tend to think that I'm a 40-something-year-old man with a thousand plastic soldiers. I don't need a whole lot of real specific guilty pleasures. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and I don't care. No. That, there you go. There we are. That's what it is. That brings us to the close of the mighty post sock. Thanks again to all of our listeners for living up to the challenge there and and getting some, some good letters in this episode. Keep them coming. We'll get our contact information up at the end of the episode. But that brings us on to what we got in, that part of the show when we talk about, hey, what we got in. Hey. <laughs> Mark Weber. Sure. Mark Weber, you're our guest. What you get? Well, what I'm really excited about, I don't have yet, but I commissioned an April O'Neil outfit. Awesome. <laughs> for a six foot two, 250 pound man. So that's going to be a lot of material, but I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, it's going to go good with your hair. Right? It should be great. We want a lot of coverage, though, because I'm not a fan of the sun. But uh, no, a couple things. Right after uh, Endgame, I was in my comic shop, and usually I just buy my comics and, and walk out. And they had a great dark blue distressed Captain America shirt. And it's real simple. It's just the shield, you know, center of the chest. But for a guy that – I was never a big Avengers fan of the comics, and I was never a huge Captain America fan. But the way Chris Evans played him, he was my favorite a movie hero by a million miles. I just think he was phenomenal. So having coming out of Endgame and kind of closing that chapter, uh, I bought myself a cap shirt. I was pretty happy with that. And then uh, to double down on the the geekness of a of a GI Joe podcast, I won uh, a, a challenge in my fantasy baseball league, and they let you pick a pick a prize. And so I got a new Aaron Judge MLB the Show figure as a Yankee fan. It's been a long time since I got a new uh, Yankee figure. And that just arrived today, so it'll it'll go nice on the shelf. Nice. So, Mark, have you set aside the Aaron Judge baseball card to buy for your son on his 99th birthday? The cool the cool thing is, and and uh, as a Yankee fan, you'll know this: all the single digits are gone, right? They're all retired. Right. My son's 12, so he got Alfonso Soriano last year. There wasn't really a uh, a have to have 12. But Soriano is the most recent one um, that I could get him. Good yank, and I got him an autographed card. Nice. It's the only one he has that's autographed. So for uh, people who don't know, I'm a Yankee fan, and for my son's birthday every year, he gets a uh, PSA-graded sealed-up card of the Yankee who wore the number of the year he was born. And so it's pretty legit other than uh, three and four were uh, were tough years for Ruth and Gehrig, mm. so he got some 1970s kind of sport flickish cards for those. But other than that, he's got legit cards for Billy Martin, for Jeter, for uh, Joe D, for Mickey Mantle, Joe Gordon, and then became Joe Torrey for six, and Yogi Berra and Bill Dickey and uh, you know uh, Roger Maris and all the way up. But this year, the Yankees signed a reliever named Adam Ottavino. Name starts uh, with an O, and he has always worn zero as his uniform number. So he actually had to ask the Yanks if zero would be available. And they said, yeah, nobody's ever wanted it before. So now i got to track down a PSA Yankee 
Rocky's Adam Ottavino card because he's the uh, he's the one I missed. I never got Derek a zero card, so that's uh, that's coming soon. And then the big question, as a if nothing else, that'll be easy to put together yourself. Well, yeah, absolutely, right. But as a big Yankee fan who never liked Alex Rodriguez, gonna have to figure out what I want to do for thirteen next Mike year or Pagliarulo. late this year. Can't be a Rod. Mike Pagliarulo. Pagliarulo, yeah. Boom. Two thirty-one and like thirty-nine homers one year, right? I think it, I think it was thirty-two in '86 when the Yankees were probably the best team I've seen to not win a division. Ugh. Pally Rulo. From that Boston kid, too, I think. Which is kind of unusual. He just got fired down in uh, Florida, right? Wasn't he the hitting coach? Yes. Ugh. No, Jeter, he, he man. Went from, uh, he went from the Yankees to San Diego. And That's then he right. went to Minnesota. And in Minnesota, he turned into the complete opposite hitter that he was in the Yankees. The Yankees, he was a big strikeout, big power guy. And then in Minnesota, he was a high-average, high-contact guy. And it didn't make any sense to my my young brain in my teenage years at all. Yeah, what happened? What so, he, he, he you, think Madden, you think Maddenly noticed when Jeter just blew out the old ex-Yank down there like yesterday's garbage? <laughs> I, I have a feeling Maddenly didn't have any whole lot to do with making that decision. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I don't think Donnie Baseball is... is shoving his old teammate out the door quite that abruptly no 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 but i but i wonder if uh, if in the back of his mind he's like hmm interesting that'll be the day when donnie baseball gets called into the captain's office yeah you couldn't win with our combination <laughs> of a players and retreads right you're a terrible manager don you go away now you had the nl mvp last year no we didn't we traded him to milwaukee Anyway, God. there's probably a lot more baseball than you usually get on uh, what's on Joe Mike. Yeah, but it'll it'll get a lot of people to complain, and frankly, that's how we know we're there. Right. Yeah. They, they will never be so happy to see Carson again as next week. All we need to do is bring back the fantasy football segment. And huh. that's some people people will be right actively there. lobbying for Carson to get less work <laughs> keep him on the podcast. It'll be my, it'll be my fault. So there you go, Mike Pagliarulo. That's your call for 13. <laughs> and then 14 is Better. easy, Sweet Lou Pinella. Oh, yeah. Better it. It, it can't be A-Rod. Won't be A-Rod. Can't do it. It's all right. I understand. He's got a J-Lo card, maybe. He's good on yeah. TV. I'll give him that. Nah. That whole bit of him, the, the photo shoot where he's kissing himself in the mirror. What? And, uh, yeah... It happened, and the 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 story. I don't even know if it was true, but I like it, so it was true. That he had a painting done of himself as a centaur. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Look, like, look, Derek Jeter collaborated on that story. Okay, he 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 said that that was the case, so I believe it happened. I believe it exists. You know, I understand that they they live in a different world. But at some point, when you're commissioning the the painting of yourself as a centaur... You might want to take a break. Right? Don't you want to check yourself? I mean, he, he I seemed, get that, ev that everybody around him probably said, that's the best idea ever, Erod. You're the man. But 
he seems also to want be, a paycheck. Yeah. I in just, a general sense, he seems to be much better since he got that year and a half vacation. I guess. I just ugh, I, that I, guy. I support your decision to say no. We're gonna we're gonna skip him for number thirteen. I get you. Yep. Not not gonna do it. I, I, I would am, much rather do. I'm uh, not Pally advocating. Okay. Him. There's gotta be somebody else I can do. I'm sure. It's, I mean, Mike Pagley rule all man. It's not bad. I have no problems with Mike. <laughs> Every time he came to the plate, the organ player would play the the cheesy Italian music. Dun, 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 dun. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> so you were you were in it to start, right? I was in. I was totally in. Totally in. He had the, he had the backing of my Italian family, so which was really just Grandma Irizarry, but she was really loud, so it seemed like there were a bunch of them. <laughs> like the families that booed my son at the soccer game. Correct. Come full circle. Correct. So what else you get in, Mark? That's it. Uh, That's it. The judge figure, the cap shirt, and, oh, I, I bought a couple movies. My, I'm, my kids are getting old enough to watch stuff that's a little more interesting. So they're into the uh, Mission Impossible. So I got Mission Impossible 2 and 3 for cheap. Mm. Uh, my son's never seen Independence Day. Oh. So I picked that, picked that up for cheap. You know, not to get sappy. But one of the real joys of parenthood is sharing stuff with your kids that you like. And we've been very careful with what we show the kids. So we don't show them things too early. Like I have a buddy who showed his kid Predator at like five. Ooh. Scarred him for life. So we're careful with it. Oh, my God. Feed, right. You know, bad idea. We feed the stuff out slow, but they're ready for some stuff that they enjoy together. Mission Impossible is generally pretty clean. So, you know, not, not much gore, you know, hardly any, any nudity or anything to worry about there. So we're good with Mission Impossible. And my son, he's older, he's 12. He's starting to get to watch some stuff that's, that's a little more advanced than his sister can handle. And his favorite thing I've shown him, because I've shown him some cool movies over the last couple months. I said, Derek, what's your favorite movie I've introduced you to this year? And he said, Dad, Blues Brothers, man. There we go. Blues Brothers. There and, we go. And he, was walk- he was walking around one day, and he just said under, under his voice, Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. And I was really proud, and then I had to tell him, got to be careful where you float that one, Derek. Uh, you know what? It's okay to hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, but you might have to explain yourself if that's your catchphrase at Barrington Christian Academy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. A couple movies, capture Aaron Judge's figure. That's a good haul for me. You know who else wore 13? I don't know. Maybe I can, I'll look it up while, uh, while we hear from Joe. How's that? Jim Lairitz. Oh, I love Jim Lairitz. Even though go. he had a bad post career. No, well, he was acquitted. Yeah. Love Lairitz. And that, and that weird thing he did with the bat, right? Right. Where it looked like he was spinning it like Robocop's gun. That's Pretty right. cool. All right, I'm in. Love it. Jimmy Lairitz. Joe Colton, stop running your machine over, Mark, and tell us what you got in. Sorry, I thought I was on mute. Uh, all right, so I got Lego Doctor Who. Then I also got the Vault-Tex Funko Pop. That's from the Star Wars. It's like the crystal wolf dog thing. Sure. They were very pretty. Got the purple lightsaber. And then, um, so Alamo Cinema Draft House has been doing this 
this thing with cups, like the 1980s cups that we used to get, the glass with the etchings and stuff on them. And so when we were at Free Comic Book Day, Wes picked up a Aquaman from the movie, but done in the 80s style. And I picked up the Endgame one with all of the characters that were alive. And then in, in etchings in black, it was all the characters that had died. So it was, it was really cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. That would so apparently, be, uh... like, there's a set. Like, all you remember the old Star Wars glasses, the tumblers? Mm-hmm. Or the Star Trek? Yeah, so it's exactly like that, but all the new movies. And it's only done at Cinema Draft House. Uh, Alamo Cinema Draft House. So they're hard to get. It's only opening night. So now I'm like scouring eBay for them because I'm a completist. How many are there? There's quite a few. They started after Star Wars 7. So the first one. They didn't do one for Wonder Woman because they didn't think it would do well, which was weird. Right. But uh, they did a Captain Marvel one, which looks cool. My daughter is digging Captain Marvel. That's She's right. Nine years old. Read that comic book together. And I'm like, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. Yep. That would be a neat piece to show on the Instagram account that just recently decided to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> yes. Yes. For the record, you still don't follow the Twitter account, but that's whatever. I'm never on Twitter. Whatever, whatever. Can't even plug the damn show. God, Irizari. By the way, I'm a guest. I'm not. I'm a guest, sort of. I'm a panelist at a con, and they asked me for my bio, and I made sure that what's on Joe Mind is in it. I was like, he will have my ass if I don't put it in. That's correct. What? That's correct. I will send my people out. Um. I don't have enough Sky Miles yet to to fly back right. out there myself. So, not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. The show's named after her. That's what people think. But really, I'm fine with that if it means that they tune in. I, I really don't care. Irizari, what are you talking about? We don't have an, a Twitter account. Yes, yes, we do. I have what's on your mind, and nothing is coming up. Your hashtag. Because that's, that's not our Twitter handle. You're such an ass. Oh, we'll get there uh, at the end of the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with Joe on this one. I don't need that much Twitter in my life. No, okay. no nobody I'm does. Do it. <laughs> Did it. Got it. God help me. Yeah, Twitter's for people with too much time on their hands and sitting U.S. presidents. I tend to agree, but I like to use it to get news of a new show out there for the people that that are there. Amen. So. Try to build it up anyway. Cultivate it. We didn't used to have a show account, so there's probably 400 people that follow me on Twitter for What's On Joe Mind, and there's never anything that goes over my personal account for What's On Joe Mind anymore. So, whatever. Anyways, what I got in this week, I will use that opportunity to plug our Instagram account. Apparently, we had an Instagram account for a couple years. Nobody ever knew. But we're going to put it to use now. And you can see the things that I get in as I get them in on our Instagram account, at What's On Joe Mind, all one word. And this month that includes a straight-arm Cobra Soldier, 
that I picked up from Comic Carnival in Indianapolis when I was back visiting Rob around Easter. I also got a complete 88 Iron Grenadier, complete nice. with a, a full card back. So it's got the file card and the full full card connected with it from toy shop here in town. And then, most notably, the Fun School Flint and Beachhead figures, which I picked up at Toy Man Show last Sunday, that have Russian card backs. Nice. Yeah. I, I know that they're very common. They, they kind of flooded out there in October, November last year. If you can't enjoy the satirical elements of G.I. Joe figures with Russian card backs, then we can't be friends. So that's why I picked or, Flint and Beach. Or comrades. Correct. You will have to die in the filth with the rest of the imperialist dogs. By the white wolf. The capitalist bastards. And whatever. I, I'm, I'm out of rhetoric at this point. I got nothing else. So it's definitive proof that Russia was trying to influence your G.I. Joe collection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Down with that. So, with your uh, your Cobra Soldier, uh, do you just grab those as you find them, or are you after straight arm versus swivel arm, or how's that work for you? Typically, I like the swivel arm guys better. The straight arm guys are the the plastic is different; it's more brittle. They're tougher to find replacements for individual parts because there's some measurement differences with some of the the heads and the shoulder joints and things like that. Really, the 82 ones, if I have one of them, I'm good. But in this particular case, this one, they had it, you know, at, at, the, at a comic book store. The pieces were all whole. You know, they all obviously went together. But the O-ring was snapped, so they called it broken. Nice. And so I got it for 15 bucks. Deal. Yeah, you just, you get that one. And I even had the yeah, file yeah. card. Like, even though I'm not looking for that, yeah, you get that. Because even if I decide I don't want it anymore... I can I can always turn around and, and just dump it off. Yep. That's a good grab. Yeah, I never I actually never had a straight arm Cobra soldier growing up. Hmm. The first one I got was was an eighty three. It was one with the swivel arms. And again, I like those much better. I probably have another ten or twelve of those now. But just to have the one as as a novelty there, yeah, I'm good with that. That was pretty cool. He can go in the his turret. He's good. That's right. That's right. Paint's good. Paint's real good. I mean, it's a really nice piece for fifteen dollars. It's pretty ridiculous. The logo, the logo always held up better on the so, on the soldiers than the officers, right? Yeah, the red. As I recall, the, the red, red was, was pretty solid. Was we were solid, yeah. Even the Cobra Commanders, you see some pretty beat up Cobra Commanders. But if that logo had been silver, then those beat up Cobra symbols would be not there at all. So, right. Which is why most most Cobra Viper pilots have no logo whatsoever. Correct. If you see a Cobra Trooper with no logo, it was probably once a Viper pilot. Somewhere 30 years ago, there's a crying kid and a broken glider in somebody's yard. Oh, more than one. Oh, man, those are terrible. Yeah. I had the, the Falcon, and one of Rob's friends came over one day, and he was the only person that ever got that thing to fly more than six feet. And I don't know what his secret was. And he'll take it to his grave, taunting him. And he didn't break it, ever? 
no. No, really, we we didn't play with it much. I, I dug the tan grunt and uh, gave him all the, the stuff from the accessory pack. I gave him a little combat pack. So the, the glider just kind of went and sat on top of the shelf when, when we were kids, and we had grunt running around with, with his pack and M16 more, more than anything else. I'm just going to throw it out there that the phrase digging the tan grunt sounds dirty, but it isn't. No. No, on any other podcast, that's a terrible thing to say, but on What's on Joe Mind, it makes perfect sense. It falls right into we're context. Good. Yeah, we're good. Something like that. I don't know if anything on this show is ever particularly good, but that brings us to shout outs. Mark Weber, again, you're our guest. Why don't you go first? Uh, the easy one for me is Bobby Valla. Bobby's a good friend from our time together at Hasbro. We didn't actually get to work on much product at the same time, but we were always around, you know, sat near each other, and he worked on Marvel, and I liked Marvel. And I worked on Joe, he liked Joe, and we both worked on Transformers at the same time. I love what he's doing with his Action Force Kickstarter. And, you know, I'm a little biased because uh, Bobby let me write a couple of the bios for a couple of characters, and I love writing bios. So I love what Bobby's, not just what he's doing, but that after exiting Hasbro, he's found himself a new job down at Jazzwares and is still continuing to do his thing separate from his nine to five. So Bobby's going to be at Joe Fest coming up. And uh, I'd encourage all Joe fans who can get there, give Bobby Val some love. I think he's really doing something very, very cool. That is cool. Did they make a move for that job? I think Bobby is down there right now. And I think they're working out the logistics for the rest of his family, but they wanted him, uh, they want him to start pretty quickly. Mm. So he's down, I think that's Fort Lauderdale. So he's uh, he's down in Florida, living the dream. Good Lord. That's a lot to have on your plate. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But, you know, Bobby really hit the ground running. And uh, <laughs> I like that he still has his professional career, but his side, pro- I don't know, you know, side project, but his action force stuff, is com- they're completely fine with him doing that. So it's, you know, it's not going away. That's his passion. That's where his creativity is going. And I dig it. I think it's very ambitious and very, very cool. Yeah. Good for Bobby. All right. Who else you got? Let's give a shout out to Derek Weber, Elizabeth Weber, the beautiful Mrs. Weber, who got me up and running on the podcast tonight. (laughs) I think if you don't thank thank the immediate family, you're probably uh, got your priorities a little messed up. Yeah. We owe her one for avoiding the reschedule there. Yeah, exactly. Right. I hate to be the guy who says, yeah, I can totally make it. And then I just show up giving you microphone feedback for 20 minutes. That's kind of a rough entrance, but good enough. It's like you're running a giant magnet. It was terrible. Right? It's pretty exciting. (laughs) It was hard to make that sound for 20 minutes straight, but I pulled it off. I am impressed. Joe Colton, who are we shouting out to? I would like to thank Mark for joining us today. It's always nice having you on the show. And... It's a shame we haven't been able to see you, but it's nice to hear your voice. I appreciate it. I I would love to get out and about a little bit more and hopefully down the road. But but soccer mom is a tireless position. (laughs) I'd like to shout out to my dad for helping me build a vegetable garden and for immigrant number one coming down in the next month or so to help me prep for Dragon Con and cook and whatever else she does around here (laughs) and her vacation for my dad (laughs) you're rotating your folks this year what's up with that 
so dad doesn't like leaving the house a lot. And so they have an argument. He comes down. And then he'll only stay for, like, five days at most. Maybe seven. And then he's out. Like, he's like, I'm busy. I'm like, you're retired. You literally have nothing. And then mom will come down and stay for, like, a month or two. And she got she got her own room. She's got a TV in the room. She's, she's set. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Your your family is endlessly entertaining. Yes. Endlessly so. I'm glad that you find them entertaining. I'm sometimes wanting to strangle them. Your folks are the greatest. I've never even met your dad, but your folks are the greatest. You should go to Home Depot with him. I've lost him in Home Depot. See, the, the problem there is that you worried about it. No, I needed, we were done and he took off. And I was like, where the fuck did he go? I like called my mom and I was like, I've lost him. She goes, just go home. And I was like, he can't get back to the house. He's There's got, a highway. He's got a phone, right? No. No. That's why. They make these tethers for little kids. Right. I can just <laughs> harness him. <laughs> yeah. Just, just be dragging her around. Uh, sometimes I think he still thinks that I'm like 15 or 16 and he's like trying to give me advice and I'm like, you know, I bought a house all by myself. Like you didn't help. You just go anything. home, come back to Home Depot four or five hours later. He'll be ready at that point. Right. He'll be good. There's people there who, who remember him from the first time when I bought the house, when we went together and he had made friends and they saw him and they were like, Hey, you're back. And I was like, there's no way they remembered him. And they remember the project he was working on. He goes, I make an impression. And like literally like dropped the mic on me and walked away. I was like. That is incredible. All right. I deserve that. <laughs> Your little Greek man. <laughs> he just tossed it right up at your punk ass. That's what he did. Right. I have threatened. But I've, I've threatened mom to put a GoPro on her. And just watch her in a grocery store and then live stream it. <laughs> Netflix will green like that right now. Oh, I know. It's like the adventures of a little Greek woman. That's the title or a little immigrant Greek or something like that. And it's just following her around and her yelling at me in Greek and English. Greek squad. Yeah. Now we're talking. Or she'll like yell at Maggie to get lettuce in Greek. And Maggie's already got the lettuce. She's and like, how do you know what I'm saying? And, and doesn't like, oh, understand, understand Greek. Now. <laughs> yeah, doesn't know Greek. So you just got to kind of watch what she's pointing at. <laughs> Follow the gestures. Or the swearing. Whichever one. Oh, yeah. Again, your folks are the greatest. <laughs> and then my last shout out is, no, the finest. We're going to be doing a new campaign soon, which I'm not going to announce yet. And Wes for putting up with all my collecting, and costuming obsessions. <laughs> We're sorry, Wes. Really not. It's all his fault. <laughs> Don't be pinning stuff on the wrist lock. It's Hall of Famer, Wes. Thank you very much. <laughs> the wrist lock, Wes Whitlock. The arm bar. Oh. He's been going to training every Monday now, like because he's going to have a match as well. I'm like, what? Are you getting back into this? He's like, no, babe, I swear. I'm like, oh, yeah. Gotta get Famous back in, last words. Gotta get back in ring shape. 
He's got his big comeback match. You don't want to show up for that one out of shape. Right. Huffing and puffing. Got to work out for the match, for the ceremony. And then afterwards, he can start training to be Endgame Thor. <laughs> oh, he's all, all ready for that. He's like, I got to commission like a light up Milner now. And I'm like, we just finished the hammer. <laughs> I have Nick's bat Thor. I saw a guy on, online today said, when I first saw Avengers, I promised myself I'd get in Thor shape. And now three movies later, I did it. <laughs> Great. Yep. That's hard work. It's quality. That's the whole box of deluxe Hot Pockets in one sitting right there. That's good. That's, That's good all stuff. all ten of them. Boom. <laughs> Is that all you got? That's all I got. All righty. My shout-outs, of course, you all undoubtedly heard our, our new segment this week, or maybe you didn't. Rack time. Our ability on the main show here is to cover what's going on in the comic books. It's sometimes a little weird just because of our own recording and release schedules and things like that. Uh, I'd pass that one off, so rack time is now its own freestanding companion piece. My brother Rob, who is the comic master graciously decided to take the reins on that one and and deal with my half-assed directoring and i think he did a great job on episode one so if you're into comic books in general he's gonna give an in-depth run of the joe comics and then make some recommendations on other books that maybe you're not picking up because you're laser focused on gi joe rack time should never be more than 10 15 minutes long so don't worry about that. It's not going to be a, a real constraint on your time. Just something. It's designed to be something you can listen to on a Tuesday before you get out to the comic store on Wednesday. Shout out to Rob for that, for being the voice of Rack Time. Shout out, of course, to Mark Weber for helping us out. Not a short notice situation this time. I was actually able to give you a good 36 hours or so. I appreciate that. I'm always ready to come out of the pen. <laughs> Standing on the mound, not knowing which arm to tap. That's it, man. I, I just need some entrance music. Just, just, I think that's my lone request. I held up a piece of white paper, and they sent Weber in from the bullpen. So There you go. That's that's what it took is some type of paper. That can be my call sign. I'm fine with that. <laughs> no idea if he's right-handed or left-handed. No clue. So we just went with the paper. Something bleached. <laughs> That's uh, enough of me disparaging the guest host. Shout out to Carson. My God, man. he's He's been busy for probably six weeks solid. Glad you're making the money, man. I'm happy that I haven't had any six-week run of nonstop work to deal with anytime recently. I would not trade places. So we feel for you, my man. We, we miss having you here. We'll make sure that you're on next time. Of course, Joe Colton, who takes our abuse episode after episode. Pause for reaction. I, I do take your abuse, but it's okay. I know you love me. I'm entertaining about it. <laughs> you if, are. If I did, and my mom loves you, so I can't do anything now. There, there you go. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. You'd know I wouldn't care if I just sat here and went shut up. <laughs> I don't even think I've ever heard you say things like that. Shut up. <laughs> And of course, our listeners, thank you so much for joining us every time we put up a new episode and for your feedback and, and your participation. 
and all that other good stuff. Anybody have any other real quick stuff to add? Yeah. Shout out to Tim Roberts. Tim Roberts? What's up, Tim? You got the standing invite, Tim Roberts. You got to get back to us if you're hearing this. Oh, my God. You got to make this happen, Tim Roberts. Remember who was the first guy on the scene when you missed that pole vault pad? <laughs> Tim Roberts. I feel like you're taunting him. Oh, I, I, I guess I kind of am. Now you are, yeah. I'm be, serious. I, be, I would absolutely. Be that as it may, first responder, Mark Weber. I would absolutely take Tim Roberts on this program. I would take Tim Roberts on this program with guest host Mark Weber. Oh yeah, it's like the the blood guts rematch. We might have a thirty, year, forty year, God, forty years in the making, just about almost. Tim Roberts these Mark Weber. You know what? I wouldn't buy a ticket to that. I'd let that go. <laughs> take a pass on that one. I take a pass on that one. Yep. The, the the frenemy rivalry of your life. You would take a pass. He might still be mad. And if he wasn't, he is now. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna back off on that now. Man, you realize it's going in the show, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just so you know, I'm just I'm not editing that out. Listen, listen. Radio background, right? Yeah, Every right. mic is a hot mic. That's right. So if you don't want it heard, then keep your mouth shut. Tim Roberts, we're serious, man. If you're out there, you send something to. What's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. We'll get you on for your, your equal time. In all seriousness, come at me, bro. <laughs> oh, that's such a cliche way to end a program. Thanks again for tuning in to What's on Joe Mind. If you have a few dollars laying around and want to support the show, we now have merchandise and t shirts available at the What's on Joe Mall on Etsy. That is etsy.com slash shop slash what's on Joe Mall. All one word. Remember that you can contact us anytime by email at what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com, at WOJM Podcast on Twitter, at what's on Joe Mind on Instagram, on our self titled Facebook page, or by voicemail at 262 515 9656. We look forward to feedback, questions for the post sock, episode ideas, any correspondence from Joe fans. For my co-hosts, Mark Weber and Joe Colton, this is Mike Irizarry. Have a great evening. Make tomorrow a better day. Be good to one another.